Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Show Your Work, our podcast about our passion for work. How was your week? I was just going to say, it's been a week of work. You know that good tired when you're like, ha, fuck you, week. I kicked your ass. I am done. (laughs) You're so like weary and falling into your chair. I like when you, that's a good way of saying it. Ha ha, week, I kicked your ass. Yeah. Although most of you are probably listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, which is the beginning of the week, it's hard to get back that feeling. Oh, I'm the worst. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, but it is. Like, it is hard to get back that feeling. Like, that Friday, I mean, we do this on Friday nights with a glass of Prosecco, several glasses sometimes. But wait, but wait, it's a short week this week. In so many places, like, everybody has Friday off, lots of people. So you only really have to make it to Thursday. Which is a good segue because it is a Good Friday, mm-hmm. um, an Easter week. We will be taking a week off. Oh, we are? We are. Oh my God, holiday. <laughs> um, and we will be back the week after next. Hope that's okay. Unless some crazy work shit happens. And if some crazy work shit happens, we will be here. I mean, you know where I live. But uh, I appreciate that, you know, in theory, everything is happening on your schedule, right? That things are rolling out in time to, because as we've discussed, some weeks we're like, what are we going to do? Let's battle back and forth about all the topics we could do. Some weeks it's, do we have anything? And uh, sometimes it all rolls out at 2 p.m. on Friday. Yep. Although we actually do have an example of that because what happened, our new brand new top story Again, an example of us throwing out the lineup, throwing out the rundown, and catapulting a story to the top of the show is because Meghan Markle just announced, or wrote, but announced on her website, her lifestyle website, The TIG, which she's been doing for three years, um, that she's shutting it down. And many of you have emailed us about it, um, and as uh, I said last Friday, which is actually when we are recording, but you're listening to this on Monday, I said, we are saving this for Show Your Work because it is 100% a Show Your Work story. Okay, so let's back it up. Let's, you educate me because you emailed me about this. Uh, There are, I don't agree with the characterization of me as contrary that you sometimes put into the universe, but I will admit to being particularly... Uh, obtuse about lifestyle websites. Uh, Draper James blends together with Goop, blends together with, uh, you the know. now I, defunct Preserve. Sure. Uh, like Eva Amuri Martino, a uh, D-list actress and daughter of Susan Sarandon, has a website Does that I'm really? Oh, yeah, See, yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. And like actually is not a bad blogger, if I'm being honest. She writes a lot about like 
parenting, a lot about this actually, parenting and then going to work and not feeling guilty and so forth. Um, so I'm aware of them, but I'm also very resentful of anything involving a craft. So I try to stay <laughs> away generally. So, oh, wait a minute. Did she write about like her nanny trying to hit on her husband? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. was Okay, okay. Got it. Got it. So for the uninitiated, for those of us who would not be dragged kicking and screaming, Tig was what? Well, thank you, Duanna, for exposing me for, I don't know, I like, I visited for the second time or maybe third time today when she, when it, like, everybody was talking about how she made the announcement and on the front page of the site, it was like, hey, bye, thanks to all these people and find your light or live your light or whatever, like, Sasha would know because Sasha has been looking at it for a while, but I'm assuming it was like, hey, here's like the best place to go in Greece. And oh, I really like this recipe for cookies. I don't know. Those are two different things. Like, okay, the original Excellent Lifestyle website that was excellent for real was Mindy Kaling had a blog when she was a board writer on The Office and, you know, only appeared on television once in eight days called Things I Bought That I Love. And it was exactly what it sounded like. It was an ugly little WordPress site where she would just upload things that she bought. That's great. That's fine. I'm into that. Uh, I clicked on a listicle about all the essentials Leslie Arfin needs in her life. Leslie Arfin is one of the writers of Love on Netflix. I'm in for consumerism, I think. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I have less time for cookies and crafts and like, I don't know, evoking a spirit of some shit in your home. So which one was it? I think it was both. I think, like, she talked about, it was, like, travel, fashion, food. I mean, fuck. I guess we have to look it up. Because I think we do. I think we need to know what this sort of sentiments this evokes in us. Okay, so the TIG. I mean, first of all, uh, I'm having trouble loading here, but first of all, the... Headline is farewell, darling. So that tells me something. Okay, so here's what we're looking at, if you don't know. Uh, this note to all my TIG friends is written on the TIG stationery and is surrounded by Polaroid-esque photos of, I can see some henna, I can see somebody in an ocean, I can see somebody joyfully dancing with a child, there's some watermelon. There's also hugging Larry King. And, yeah, okay, so uh, travel and food, I... I Can you click on anything, though? No, I think that's the point. So, like, the content is gone. Gone. It's wiped. Unless somebody was judiciously screen capturing everything that she's written over how many years? You said three years? I think this is done, yes. Okay, so, um... Right. We also have uh, some loafers on a Moroccan-style floor. Are you getting the vibe here? Do you understand why I wanted to know? Well, this is different than country dresses and like… But I think I described it pretty well. Travel, shopping, and food. No? There's no cookies and like… And… It's different. And some philanthropy, right? Okay. So, fine. So, now we know. Uh, incidentally, the TIG Instagram is still up and it's… Uh, Are there it, cookies on it? No, there's, well, I do see some artisanal donuts There, here. see? Uh, but mostly it's inspirational phrases to the tune of over-planning kills magic and no rain, no flowers. Okay, all right, so 
I'm just going to say, I, I, I'm not going to pretend. Suits shoots here in Toronto. So we all have maybe been aware of Suits before the general populace. But I'm not going to pretend that I knew about Meghan Markle before all of this. I didn't know about the TIG because I barely knew about her. Here's my question from somebody who just learned about her since, you know, Prince Harry shined his light. Is this on brand for her? I guess so. I guess it always is if you're building a website, a lifestyle site, but it seems very different than the person we see now. True? False? Well, I will say that I think that this blog was actually gaining some momentum um, I remember we featured it a number of times on eTalk, which is the entertainment show that I work for in Canada, the equivalent of, let's say, an Access Hollywood in the U.S. Um, so we covered it a number of times. I know that it was actually positively received. Sasha, I believe, I remember Sasha saying she really liked it. Um, and Sasha's very discerning about this kind of thing. Like sure. she is our fashion and style expert on Lean Gossip. She doesn't like a country dress either. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then at some point, I don't know, I want to say 18 months or so ago, Meghan Markle became the spokesperson of Reitman's, which is a clothing line or a clothing store here in Canada that would be, what would be the equivalent of Reitman's in the U.S., do? Like an Ann Taylor, maybe. Okay. Maybe slightly lower end Ann Taylor. I know Ann Taylor Loft is that, but that's like younger. And, but hipper. It's, like, it does have like trendier shit. Uh, yeah. I like mean, Ann Taylor is classics and like essentials. Separate and, and yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, Reitman's did not always uh, like... Shout, it, shout me out, like, girls who went shopping at Reitman's with your mom in the 90s. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, they want to be, you know, a Canadian fashion retailer, right? They're not high fashion. They're not yeah. high end. They're, they're wearable pieces. Right. So she is, has been working with Reitman's, I believe, for, I'm going to say 18 months, but, you know, you can all Google me and tell me, or Google it and tell me I'm wrong. But the point is, is that I believe the TIG, directly uh, was an impact on her securing the deal with Reitman. So, ah, okay. there it is. Right. Now, we could say, okay, so yeah. So, in a different world, in a sliding doors world, this is who Meghan Markle was going to be, right? A really well-received uh, lifestyle website and Instagram. I mean, I'm still on this Instagram. I'm, I'm scrolling. There's a lobster roll that looks delicious here. And uh, an endorsement with Reitman's and so forth. That would have been like a real, that's a path, right? In addition to, of course, her day job. I love how we never talk about the fact that she has a day job. Right. But it didn't go that way. Now let's get no. to the meat of the issue. When somebody shuts down their carefully curated, over many years, beautiful lifestyle website, what does that mean, Elaine? Well, what does that mean when you are dating Prince Harry of the English royal family. Yeah, when I say someone shuts it down, I mean when Meghan Markle shuts it down. Can we break it down, though? Because I know you and I love the detail. So let's break it down. You can shut it down the way she did, or you could just kind of do a soft kill, right? We, well, our expression for launching something without a lot of fanfare is a soft launch. Right. The opposite of that would be a soft close. But the reason that you wouldn't do that, if you're asking me now I'm launching immediately into 
producer and whatnot. Sure. I don't want to leave anything up that can be dug. Have you ever asked for your Twitter history? No. It's kind of hilarious. You can ask for your entire Twitter archive. They like set limits. You can only request it, you know, once every six months or whatnot. And they send you an Excel spreadsheet of every stupid thing you've ever said on Twitter. Oh, God. And frankly, uh, when I look at mine, I'm just mostly embarrassed at 2007 and not really knowing how to play with Twitter. It's a lot of just things that are directly to Dean, our friend Dean, and you because that's how Twitter was. But if somebody wanted to make an example of you, if somebody wanted to embarrass you, if somebody wanted to find something that you said in some corner of the internet that was maybe untoward or not in keeping with your new image or whatever, it's really easy for them to do and to find if you just let it lie there. But don't you think that like in the last six months that we've known of Meghan Markle and the fact that she's dating Prince Harry, people, many people, every British tabloid has combed through every fucking post on the TIG and has pulled out already what would be I don't know, compromising or indicative of some sort of like some nefarious kind of behavior or whatever. Yeah, except this is where you and I are base rookies in strategy. That's not about is there anything about sex or, you know, I don't know, maxing out your credit card. This is what if she writes about avocados and in the future someday it is proven that avocados are linked to... God, I don't know, uh, the exploitation of, of avocado farmers. It is preventing any potential conflict in the future, not just things that we know today to be something. It is erasing anything she might have said. Not, again, like I'm being, I'm sure. Like, I mean, you're taking the most extreme example, but like being as cautious as possible. My point, though, is, okay, fine. That is the argument against lying dormant. But making a statement like this when, let's face it, it's not like she and Prince Harry wouldn't know that this would be making international headlines. This is what everybody is talking about. Meghan Markle shut down her site. What does it mean? Does it mean that an engagement is imminent? Does it mean that the palace has now said, hey, these are the steps, this is the protocol that must be taken for somebody who's dating Prince Harry um, in order to get them ready for the what? Question mark, next step. Does this mean this formal, this formal goodbye, this formal statement of I am terminating this part of my career and life, does it mean dot, 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 because I am embarking on a new stage of my life and perhaps career? I mean, I think the answer is what else could it mean? Uh-huh. What else could it mean? One of the things that has always made me nuts about Kate Middleton is, of course, how all of the press, when she got engaged, started referring to her as Catherine with a C. First of all, uh, to quote Anne of Green Gables, K is so much a gypsier letter than smug C, uh, where Catherine <laughs> is concerned. But the idea that she was whitewashed, that Kate was the girl who was in all the tabloids. Kate was the one who we saw in the fashion show with the see-through dress. But once she became Catherine, it's like she was re-virginized, right? She's born again. 
And that was a direct request from the palace, I believe. Like, they rebranded her. I agree with that, yes. I think that, I remember that as well. Um, This is that similar thing. This is removing Meghan Markle, actress. Lifestyle blogger. Well, but this is my point. We're separating Meghan Markle, who I assume is still going to have an acting career when the announcement comes down, or at least an acting job, is separating from lifestyle blogger, Instagrammer, uh, God, I don't know what else, like wearer of curious colors sometimes I'm one to talk. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah, it seems very much like there's a real mission to separate and rebrand. So there's two things here to talk about. Let's just get to what everyone wants to talk about first. So it's not like they're stupid. They would be savvy enough to know that this would be the conversation that's taking place. Why is she shutting it down? It must be because X and it must be then because Y is coming and then we're going to see a Z soon or Z for the American listeners out there. Yeah. So knowing that they would know that that would be our assumption, we can assume that it's coming, right? It is happening. He is proposing. She is going to be formalized. She is this much closer to official. This is probably the strongest evidence that we have that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are going to be married. Well, okay. uh, You said there's two questions. So, yes. I I haven't asked the second question yet. All right. But I agree with the first one in the sense that, yeah, they're they're going going for it. They're going to make it official. I have a... A curiosity, though. One of the things I thought was really interesting was that we were aware before William and Kate got engaged that they had lived together. Uh, then it was like, oh, they're not officially supposed to live together in the palace and blah, blah, blah. But like, come on. We knew and they allowed us to know. There are rumors flowing about these guys, too. But wouldn't it be more modern to say, hey, we're moving in together. Hey, we're doing this. It's a little, I, I wonder, especially because, as you say, they know that we know that they know that doing this is going to cause this reaction. Right. It's a bit cheesy Cinderella to be to have the next announcement in the press be, and it's an emerald. Um, I assume it's an emerald. Uh, <laughs> you I, want it to be an emerald. No, I actually <laughs> don't. I, you know, like whatever. I want to be surprised is the point. I will roll my eyes if it's an emerald. I will roll my eyes if it's an engagement. Like I don't want to see her in the 2017 equivalent of a carriage made of a pumpkin. I want something else that's a little something what else. What family do you think we are talking about? You, you like three, 30 seconds ago, you used the word modern. And I'm like, modern? They don't do things m- modernly. They, is that a word? No, it's not. They lived together and they announced it, is my point there. That is a modern move. They did not announce that they were living together. Yes, they did. They allowed it to come out. It's the same goddamn thing. I mean, what was unprecedented, I'll give you that, is his little letter, his love shield that I called, when he, like, wrote that letter and was like, leave my girlfriend alone, stop being mean to her. And that was unprecedented. But in terms of getting her to the point where she becomes the official, this is such a gross word, but I think they use it, consort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
to the point of getting her to the point where she becomes the official plus one, the official whatever, it is not going to be anywhere near modern, Duanna. It is going to follow the game plan that they have all followed. Well, then no- what are you asking? It's boring then. If it's if the next thing is like, look, she discovered fit and flare dresses and we're never again going to see her chest below her sternum. Fit and it's flare dresses. Like, basically, thank you for that amazing shade at Kate. Because that's what it is. A fit and flare dress over and fucking over again. Kind of. And look, there ain't nothing wrong with a fit and flare dress. I've had a few in my time. But I also have some ripped to shit boyfriend jeans. And I'm currently wearing an acrylic alumni scarf from my alma mater, Go Ryerson. It's bright blue and yellow. Yeah, she doesn't get to mix it up. If they're going to boring eyes Meghan Markle, I would like to see something else first. Like, we hardly knew yet. You know, it's not like Kate, who we were watching for years in the press, who we were one, every time she ran away from the press and and giggled and hopped on a bus, we were like, oh, what's she wearing today? Uh, This is not that. And I sort of, I wonder about how it will be presented. However, I would argue that they would say that that we've already seen non-boring, unconventional Meghan Markle because she was an actor or is an actor. And she's done a love scene and she's, you know, played a lawyer and she's played this and she's played that. I mean, like, the fact that Harry may be allowed, and I use that word deliberately, allowed to marry an actor and a divorced one mm-hmm. is, to, that is your, that, there is your spice, Duanna. You don't get any more exciting for them than that then why are we talking in such heated up tones? Like, this is bananas. What's your second question? My second question, and I suppose this is related to what we've been talking about and getting heated about, if Meghan Markle was not marrying Prince Harry of the Windsors and of the whatever, would we be kind of like a little bit more disturbed that, oh, hey, to get this guy, I kind of have to shut down this passion project that I had that I put so much into, where I showed my personality. Um, The speculation now is, will she be able to continue acting? Obviously. Right? Once it becomes official, if it becomes official, whatever, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so if we weren't talking about the perhaps official consort to Prince Harry, this would make us uncomfortable, right? It does make me uncomfortable. Not would it. I have no, like, this is where my princess gene is broken. I don't feel like he makes it an exception. It's bloody weird. Having said that, because of my disdain for the um, lifestyle arts, uh, I also wonder whether that was really who she was or was it just a business venture? You know, it's one thing to say, hey, can you put aside childish things? in terms of this or that. And even, you know, I don't think anybody should have to give up their career, their passion as an actor, but at the same time, there are a lot of actors who would say, yeah, I was doing some pretty silly shit. Like, not everything is uh, a tour de force. So, yeah, part of it to me is the question, was any of that really her? And would she be, you know, would she want to let go of it if it was really her? If it's easy to let go of, is it just so much window dressing? If it is, then we know her less than we even thought, you know? 
Would he want her to give up so much of herself? Would he fall in love with somebody who would become a paper doll for him? We don't know, but these are the questions. Well, I mean, your Cinderella gene is broken. Yes. And these are the questions. But I feel like, for better or for worse, mine isn't. And I still like a fairy tale. And if I were to perpetuate the fairy tale or find some way to continue to rationalize it, I would say, and the reason I ask as a short segue is because I feel like a lot of people listening right now would be like, fuck yeah, I would give up my job to become a princess and go marry Prince Harry. I mean, and I'm not going to yell at you if you, if that is you and you believe that I, I can't yell at you either. I get it. I get the gene as we were just talking about. I get the fairy tale. That said, I also think that if I were, again, to rationalize this decision, she is very involved in philanthropy. She is quite, uh, and we've heard from her, we've seen it on Instagram, we've seen her work with United Nations. She just went to India to do a trip to distribute um, tampons and maxi pads to kids, girls, um, who wouldn't otherwise be able to further their education if they didn't have feminine hygiene products. So I wonder, as you said, Duanna, if your interests evolve. And if in shutting down the TIG, it means that this, quote, opportunity and relationship might lead her to a career in philanthropy where they would be this power couple that had causes and were able to crusade for those causes in such an effective way, whether or not that would have value. And we we could use that as a counter argument to the discomfort we may or may not be feeling about seeing a woman, an accomplished woman, and a committed and passionate woman giving up her passions. Right. And look, I don't know that that's what I guess I'm getting at. Is That's my I, fairy tale. It's, I don't know that they are her passions. You know, I, she uses the word passion project. Uh, but yeah, you can't have all the things all the time. You can't do all the things all the time. And if somebody that you love becomes uh, a focus of your time and of your energy. And yeah, you get to do all kinds of other incredible things. I can see where it's a lot less bitter to leave something aside that you had a great time with. Uh, So, you know, there's that. You do bring up an interesting issue, though, when we're talking about whitewashing and uh, the way that we think of these women who are presented to us. Don't you think one of the reasons she's landed in the press so well is because Meghan Markle is such a great alliterative name? (laughs) Wow. If it was Meghan Clark, we wouldn't be here. We just brought this back to your passion project. Yeah. Name therapist. I really am thinking about it, though, from from the perspective of what are they going to call her? You know, uh, Meghan of Mountbatten of of (laughs) Cambridge Alley. Like... Meghan Markle, it rolls off the tongue. And I do wonder whether, what do they call that? The Q factor? Okay, let's take this a little further because you are the name therapist and you are the name expert. So, the name therapist is in. Go on. And so in the in the royal name directory, yes. you've got Catherine's. Mm-hmm. So Kate yeah. met the qualification. Um, you've got Victoria's and Charlotte's and Elizabeth's and... But Megan is pretty, like, how English is Megan, first of all? I associate, like, if I heard, of, if I met somebody and her name was Megan whatever, I'd be like, oh, you're probably North American, number one. And Megan is definitely, 
a name of a certain years, right? Like it's not like you're not going to f- historically find a Megan in like a Jane Austen novel, right? Oh my God, I've taught you so well. R- so, right? Look, uh, Megan is uh, actually of Celtic, Scottish, uh, slash Irish origin. It has existed. Uh, but it's a name like Heather. Heather is a plant that grows in Scotland, but it hit maximum density in the 70s, and then it became Heather. It became what it is, That's right. right. Jane Austen wasn't calling any of her characters Heather. No. Similarly, uh, similarly, Megan, yeah, reached maximum density in the 80s and became the name that I told people I was called instead of Duanna, because who wants to tell people that? That's right. But, but, the plot thickens. Lo and behold, if you Google Meghan Markle, and if you are not looking for the Tig or Suits or Reitmans, you can see that on her bio information that appears on the right-hand side of your screen, Meghan Markle is a stealth first namer. Meghan is her middle name. What's the first name? Rachel. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rachel is not Catherine. It's not William. But Rachel is well established as a biblical name. It has been around for as many generations as any of us, any of our history. Uh, you can have Henry absolutely can be married to a Rachel, Princess Rachel, Megan of Orange, whatever, right? <laughs> Sarah Ferguson was, of course, Fergie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, uh, Rachel Cambridge. That passes right by. Rachel Windsor. Rachel, Rachel Windsor. Wales. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, but now this is why this is so layered and why you've taught me that names are so awesome because, as you just said, Meghan Markle is self-made. She recognized that the alliteration mm-hmm. was going to probably be more effective than Rachel Markle. Well, we don't know. A lot of people are self-first namers and their parents make the choices for them. Uh, there are lots of people who have self-first names that, you know, they didn't choose. She may just have wound up with an alliterative name or she may, yes, have used it for a stage name. But to your point, one of small reasons, but the reason why, you know, it's so exciting to say Meghan Markle is because Meghan Markle. It sounds good. Come yeah. on. Who are we kidding? Yeah. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Yeah. Wow. I, <laughs> the, I really like how this became <laughs> a discussion of names. Well, it becomes a discussion of everything. But yeah, let's just leave it here with your princess Jean. So this, uh, this makes you happy. Yeah. Like Duchess... Rachel of Megan of something sure. Of Tarth, yes. (laughs) Is there anything that could happen in the evolution of this scenario that would not make you happy? I, listen, I am desperate to see Prince Harry marry Meghan Markle. Like I, I, it would be, it's great for gossip. It's great for everything. It's such a great story. I like the fact that not only is she an actor, but she's a biracial actor. As you say, a divorcee. Not a divorcee. That, you know, and parents... into a family that's like the whitiest white, prissiest priss, like, you know, that kind of bloodline where you know historically these are people who, these are protect the bloodline kind of people, no? Uh, yeah, but you know, the other thing that's fascinating is thinking about the way all this has gone down and how we've learned about it all. 
The rules are even exponentially different for Harry and Meghan than they were for Will and Kate, not because of who's the heir to the throne, but because the pace of of the press, of paparazzi, of self-promotion and self-sort of control of what you put out there has gone three times around the sun, even since they were married. It's fascinating to me. I also think that like, Let's be honest, there are a lot of people out there, or there were, I mean, when I was growing up, I never for a second believed that um, a, one of those princes would, like, marry a girl like me. And by a girl like me, I mean not aristocracy, and clearly, if I'm not aristocracy, it means, I like, I'm Chinese. But, like, I imagine that if this were to happen, if Meghan Markle like, hooks up with Prince Harry and becomes the official consort. I'm sorry, I keep using that word, but now I'm, like, addicted to it. Um, That there are many people out there for whom that becomes, like, an achievable dream. Not that it should be a dream that, like, young girls should grow up. That's all right. That's okay. Right? Not that it should be a dream that young girls grow up just wanting to be princesses, but it it speaks to something bigger than that about um, where about spaces and who's allowed in certain spaces. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And who's invited and who's no longer barred from them. But one of the things that's interesting about it is, you know, and this is another topic for another time, sometimes I don't know if it's so much that they're evolving and allowing change as I am that I'm like, who's left? If the rules have been this way for this long, they're related to everybody. You got to watch those bloodlines. And, you know, there is enough scandal on the sort of outer layers of any family that there's no, there's nothing to be achieved by marrying up per se. So I think, yeah, wrapping in a commoner here and there is the only way to go. Okay. So do you think he's going to marry her? (laughs) Here's my question to you. Most importantly. Here's my question though. How is it good for gossip if after that they're married? Then, then he's off the table. Then there's no more nudity in Vegas. I'm, I, that's okay. Like, can you just give us, like, before all that gets boring, we have, like, at least a year of, like, wedding prep and engagement and the wedding day and, like, pictures and whatever. Stop it. Don't do this. <laughs> Everybody, this is what happens. If Duane and I are on a trip together and we're sleeping in the same room, before we go to bed, I will inevitably always ask her, like, the way you ask your mommy, hey, mommy, is this going to happen? And that is what I, what I do to Joanna. Is, is it going to be okay? So I'm saying to you right now, just give this to me right now. Is he going to marry her? It, yes, he's going to marry her. I just like, love... Like, do you feel it in your gut? Oh, my God. <laughs> but do you? I, uh, sure, yes. They're getting old. They're tired. Even Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are tired of going out to the bar after a while and are like, could we just watch the night of already? Uh, so yes, they will get married. That's my, that's my prediction. I love how much you love weddings. I'm going to, uh, give a picture, uh, for you to put up, uh, the day before my wedding and your smile is sliding off your face. You're so excited. Uh, and I think, uh, I think I was checking my email. Uh, I love you, honey. Happy to be married. Have I seen this picture? I don't know. It, it, there's, there's, uh, when I got married, not only did you make it official Laney Gossip business for about a week, uh, yeah, your smile never left your face. So I appreciate this, uh, this sort of fairy tale, my little pony aspect of you. Okay. Uh, we're going to stay in England. Harry Styles. Sure. I, yes. Okay. 
So I pitched this to you because Harry Styles has released his first solo single, Sign of the Times. Yep. Um, And the reason why I wanted to do it for Show Your Work is because this is Harry Styles breaking away from One Direction and launching a career as a solo artist. Is this good strategy? Is this good strategy for his sound? Um, He is 23 years old. We have known him as a boy bander. You're shaking your head right now because either you don't believe he's 23 or I don't know why. Um, But this is really interesting to me because not all of them can leave the boy band and be (sighs) (sighs) Justin Timberlake. Okay, but let's get real here. There are more Joey Fatones. Yeah, of course there are because there are more people in a boy band. Thesis. Okay. To have a successful boy band… You need there to be one standout who is better than the others. Thesis, the reason 98 Degrees is not a boy band that we remember and recognize is because they were all kind of the same level of cute and the same level of talent. You need to be able to distinguish between them. You're starting to squint at me now. Stay with me. (laughs) You know from the beginning you're going to have, you know, the bad boy the quiet one who never says anything in interviews, and the one, the biggest star, he's always the youngest, the one who's the prettiest, the whatever, that's who you build your boy band around, right? It's Robbie Williams. It's Nick Carter. It's Michael Jackson. It's Justin Timberlake. It's uh, my first job in television was an internship as a high school student Uh, on a show that really, like, embraced the boy band thing when most people weren't. And so I have so many memories of boy bands I almost can't remember anymore. Shout out to the Moffats. Shout out to, uh, oh, man, Cleopatra. That was a girl band of sisters, but the the rule still applies. Uh, Take five, yeah. Wow. Anyway, I'm going to look some of these up and get back to you. I think you always have to have these. So my point there is you can't compare Harry Styles to Joey Fatone. You have to compare Harry Styles to his his brethren, his, you know, mold predecessors, to a Justin or a Nick or a whomever who were the the ones who were most primed for success. Right, but there was already a Zane. Yeah, but that's not no. So I mean, like, listen, it's not a shitty comparison because in InSync. You actually had JC, Chasse, yes, and Justin Timberlake, and many would argue that JC was actually more talented. Nobody would argue that. I'm sorry, Who but would argue yes, that? no, no, no. JC was way better than no, JT. No, no, no. You hate him, and that's fine, and I appreciate that. No, what? But it's no. He had like a. The, it's the falsetto thing. It's the I'm so young and I can go up an octave. You know that JC is like writing music for other artists now, right? And that like the only reason JT like became JT was because of. Please, Duanna. Please don't stay silent here. Just say her name. Just say her name and we can move on. Are you talking about the Mickey Mouse Club? I'm talking about her. No, it's not. But no. Yes. No, nope. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to make a request. I would like to get a phone line so that we can get you guys calling in to 
uh, help me out here because this is preposterous. You're talking about two different things. Listen to me for a second now before you get all indignant. (laughs) You can't conflate. You're conflating music talent with like big blow-upness. It's J.C. Chazé's Chazé was talented. I said his name, Chazé. (laughs) That's like a jazz dance move in jazz class. Yeah, he's talented. They're all goddamn talented. Lots of people who are what we would consider to be has-beens have a whole second and third life writing music. I think that's amazing. I think that's wonderful. I'm not surprised. But the day that band was formed, long before Britney was Britney and could lend any cred to the person who became Justin Timberlake, the day that band was formed, it was formed around that pipsqueak. And over and over again, when you look at these bands, you can see they're formed around the pipsqueak. I'm telling you. They're I don't They're formed agree. around the one. Like, look, there's the Beyonce is this mold. Uh, Her dad formed the band. I know, but even then she had the star power. It's, uh, what were we talking about? Q factor. It's whatever you want. You can see from the beginning who the sparkly one is. And then... Uh, you know, it's like a Mobius strip, right? The more they sparkle, the more attention they get. So then you put them in front so that they get more attention, blah, blah, blah. So Harry are you Styles. saying Harry Styles is the sparkly one? Yes, he was always the sparkly one. What about Zayn? No, look, I I love anybody named Zayn Malik who he, is famous. I'm is worried a big about deal you now for me. because people are going to come for you. I, I'm. <laughs> let's talk, guys. I actually thought they were going to come for me when I rolled my eyes at Lewis Tomlinson's baby name. So Louis Tomlinson. Oh my God. Where have you been? He called him Freddie Rain. He doesn't get that much respect. <laughs> okay. See, so, that one rolled right off the tongue. Back to Harry Styles. He is the sparkly one. So tell me what you think about this solo strategy. You listen to the song. I listened to the song. It felt, uh, you know, I, I thought to myself, uh, I'm sitting here listening and nobody is trying to turn it off and this is good and it's not painful or anything of the kind. I like that it bears no resemblance to anything we would have thought of as a boy band song. But it's a lot. It's about like <laughs> the way we're going to be at Heaven's Gate and whatever and like uh, things that are, ha- uh, you know, if we'd only walked away from the guns. What? Like <laughs> He's 23. The dudes I knew at 23 uh, were concerned with whether or not you could get 99-cent beers at a certain time, at a certain... The false sort of growing upness is a bit odd to me. And the other odd thing was, ironically, I kept thinking about, while I was listening, We Are the World. Like, it felt very... um, Yeah, I don't know. It was sort of uh, faux spiritual in a weird way. Do you think he has to do that to distance himself, though, from the boy band stink? I mean, listen, I'm going to say this and you're going to hate me or you're going to be mad at me, but I want you to step out of you because you like grown men. Whereas, like, Wizard Sorry, Beard. Sorry, no, no, no. Can we pause? How are you saying that? Like, it's a bad thing. I know, no, I'm sitting just there saying. And she's going, uh, sorry, my co-host, she, she likes adults. Ew. Like, since I've known you, I've always been, as we know, the one who likes the clean cut, the cute surfer types. You like the mountain man, the guy with a beard. 
Um, I mean, so the beard Harry is not Styles, an essential quality, sure. but yes, 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 go on. And so Harry Styles was never going to be your jam. But my point is, don't you think that at 23, leaving One Direction and coming out with a song like this that sounds a little nostalgic, that has sort of a throwback feel to it, The Guardian and many outlets, this is, I'm, I am just quoting other people, don't get mad at me or us, are comparing the sound to a little bit of Bowie. Um, so do you think that this is his attempt to get women our age into the Harry Styles, like, situation as opposed to just 14-year-old girls? Well, it's a great question. I mean, who, yeah, who does he need? You know, I saw one of the reasons I rolled my eyes when you said he was 23 is because I have heard way too much about him for somebody who's 23. I can't believe that Taylor Swift wrote a whole album about somebody who, like, hadn't reached puberty at the time. This is really humiliating in retrospect. Uh, And he uh, was quoted the other day saying that Adele gave him her album 21 for his 21st birthday. And Adele is still only 27 or 29 or whatever she is, but she feels like us. She feels like a grown person. And he doesn't feel like a grown person. You don't have to be an adult for me to enjoy your music or be a fan, but I don't know what he's bringing to us that we don't already have elsewhere. And so I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to appeal. Like, I agree with you that, yes, a boy band song is not going to get it done. But I don't know that this is the thing either. I think it's interesting. I think because Zayn went the close-to-ish boy band sound, but R&B and sexy and sexed up and whatever, right? Pillow talk. Um, He went that route. And it was quite successful. I mean, I liked... Zane's music. I loved Pillow Talk. Well, that's the thing. I have all the time for that kind of music in the world. Like, I never met an R&B artist that I didn't love. Uh, You know, 10 years ago when John Legend was not cool via Chrissy Teigen and, like, played piano and sang songs. I'm really into that. So I have a bias. But I don't, I don't, yeah, I guess the question is, is Harry Styles trying to fill a hole? Watch yourself. And if so... You know, what? what is that vacancy? Like, where where was that vacancy created? Because I'm not sure that I, – yeah, I just don't know what perceived need he's trying to fill in my life. So you're not a believer yet? No, I, I didn't dislike it. I'm not biased against it, and I didn't dislike it. I, I'll tell you what I am not a believer in, and that's that that shot of the dummy that they're shooting in the video <laughs> – like the with hanging the blown off the back helicopter, hair. yeah, yeah. No, but they actually put a mask on, like one of those, you know, um, prosthetic masks. Did you see that? Yeah, it looks horrifying. Yeah, horrifying. Like it's going to show up in your Silence of the Lambs nightmares. So that's not winning me over a whole lot. Uh, and the idea, even just the idea of like we are the world and run away from the guns, and he's floating over the ocean or something. It's all a bit much. I guess that's the thing. If you're 23 and you're trying to age up your audience, a sure way to make me laugh at you is to take yourself way too seriously. I don't know. Like, I'm hearing you and one of the things I like about you is that you are so hard to please. (laughs) I I, I am? You are. Um, I think, though, that once he gets on stage, um, 
at Studio 8H for Saturday Night Live on April 15th with Jimmy Fallon hosting. He's the musical guest and he sings that song. As I wrote, I think like, you know, by the three minute mark, people are going to be naked. And I think it's going to be... Well, that's also because they're going to need a respite from Jimmy Fallon mugging (laughs) the whole night. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I like I, to me, I think, was it maybe a derivative move? Was it, uh, you know, not super out of the box creative? Sure. But at the same time, from their perspective, I think this is the one they think would have had the best chance of getting somewhere. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. And I can see almost the math of how you go, Yeah, this is the the person I'm going to become. Uh, I'll be curious to find out who he actually is. Johnny Lang, that was another one. Remember guitar playing Johnny Lang, 15 years old, refused to play the pop music game? Johnny Lang, you were cool. I don't even know, sorry, what Johnny Lang was. That's just a little, little, uh, flashback memory. Johnny Lang uh, was a 15-year-old guitar player who was kind of super old for his age, but not pretending. And he wouldn't uh, participate in being a teen idol. And it was kind of hilarious. Great. Good for you, Johnny Lang. Everybody let us know whether or not you're on my side with JC or whether or not you are with Duanna about the fact that JT was the only sparkle in NSYNC. That's not what I said, first of you all, but it's also did. not wrong. You need, look, yes, there needs to be an X factor. Uh, has Lou Pearlman taught us nothing? Has Lou Pearlman taught us nothing? You have a central figure, you build everybody else around them, and you make them keep their shirts on so the little girls don't get afraid. Okay, moving on, Gabrielle Union. Do you want to set this up? Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, apparently, here I go. You usually you have like a real long uh, segue <laughs> that takes us over hill and under dale. We're very cantankerous today. It's true. <laughs> I also don't want to give anything away, but I'm googling pictures of salads right now. So this was a really interesting story. First of all, I love Gabrielle Union. She's one of those people who always has less press than I wish we had. And so I was interested in this article that came out yesterday about. Gabrielle Union having released a hair care line called Flawless that I guess launched in January, but she was then criticized by people who didn't think she actually used it. Uh, She told Women's Wear Daily that the inspiration behind the line was to give women with textured hair great hair days, but they, a lot of people on social media expressed their doubts that the hair care products would work and accused her of wearing a weave and therefore 
the products are not necessarily proven to work the way they're supposed to. And so she, in return, then published a whole bunch of pictures of herself wearing her natural hair, uh, wearing natural curls. Uh, and, you know, I'm not super clear on whether all of these are taken in, in present day and time because, as has been discussed, Gabrielle Union hasn't aged in 24 years. No, it's she crazy. hasn't. She's like something like in her 40s, right? Well into her 40s. And yes. yeah, but she still looks now the way she did in Bring It On. Remember Co- when uh, she Agree was, or disagree? Oh, agree. Remember when she was best friends with uh, Alex Mack in 10 Things I Hate About You? Yes. Like Larissa Olenek grew up and was a wife on Mad Men. And Gabrielle Union is still Gabrielle Union. She's ni- she's older than me, 1972. And again, still looks like the cheerleader we saw in Bring It On. So here's what was interesting to me about this. Obviously, uh, we all uh, know and I love reading about, and Kathleen has addressed many times on Lady Gossip, that black women's hair is political in addition to being a personal choice and a style choice that there are real sort of imports and and, uh, almost value judgments attached to what people choose to do or not do with their hair. And so I understand this story from this perspective, no question. At the same time, I was shocked that there were people who accuse the spokesperson for a product or even the, you know, even the person behind the product of not proving that the product works. Because there's a lot of people and a lot of endorsements. And I don't feel like the onus is on them to prove that they get their smooth, all one color skin from Aveeno lotion, or that they make enough mix them in cupcakes as Sarah Michelle Geller does with whatever that product is called. Um, that's a little too close to crafts for me. So... <laughs> I was really surprised that there was this sort of movement on social media to want her to prove that she was either A, you know, using the products or B, worthy of being a customer. It was really fascinating. Were you surprised? Well, I mean, just to follow up and continue what your thought is, what I think is your thought is that if it were any number of non-black women promoting a hair care product or a hair product, would there be a, well, your hair isn't natural or accusing of not being natural and what right do you have? Any, any, well, what right does who have? What right does Gabrielle Union have to tell me? Right? Well... Sure. Like, I mean, I've seen you wearing wigs. I've seen you wearing extensions. I've seen you wearing whatever. So what right do you have to talk to me about hair care products? Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised by that because, you know, and, and it may be too that there are not, uh, a lot of other women endorsing products for black hair who have a profile as high as Gabrielle Union. You can't come for the model who's on the front of the box of the thing that you buy if she is a no-name model who you don't know. Um, So I I appreciate that. But yeah, I was surprised that there was this sort of level of participation requirement. I mean, 
I think that like I'll call myself out because up until not very long ago, maybe like two or three years ago, until I had extensive conversations and was properly schooled um, by friends of ours, including Kathleen and another friend, Callie, um, I was judgy about people who used hair extensions. Um, I, you know, at the risk of sounding like an asshole, have hair privilege. Okay. I have naturally long hair and I have never had to use extensions. Not naturally long hair. Let's really, as you would say, let's break it down here. When I met you, we've talked about our, you know, long distance love, you've got male style uh, romance. But when I met you, you had hair that came roughly to your shoulders and the last inch and a half was dyed platinum blonde. Oh my God, my tips. There was no indication when Lainey Louie arrived in our lives that there was going to be this hair. As we sit here, your In hair, your life, when I arrived in your life. Yes. In yes. our, yes, yes. In our collective lives, our friends, our group. Yes. Your hair is, as we speak, uh, you know, sort of guinevering out from your head. It is, how long is it now? Is it like, where does it hit on your back? Past your bra? Yeah. What? I don't <laughs> understand. Um, and, and the most maddening part about this is that the first time that we traveled together, which we've now done umpteen million times, you jacked me by saying, okay, well, we should go in an hour, so let's wash our hair and go. And I said, sorry, excuse me? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me three hours ago when we were leaving? And I was like, why do you fucking need three hours? Welcome to blow drying one's hair straight. Not to digress too much about, uh, uh, but no, let's digress. Your hair can be sopping wet and dry on your back with no effort on your part. Ten minutes later, it's infuriating. I won't have it. Yes, you are not privy to the hair workings of the rest of us. And I'm not trying to... I don't know hair stress and therefore I was hair ignorant. And our friend Callie and Kathleen have since schooled me, as I said again, and really hopefully uh, made me less ignorant to the fact that like, yeah, it's okay to wear extensions. It's okay to get the hair you want. Of course, yeah, like who cares? And now one shouldn't judge those who do. I was that person though, and I'm not proud of it, and I want to own up to it right now. But before you castigate yourself. Would I have been one of those people, Joanna, though? Would I have been one of those people writing on like Gabrielle Union's Instagram and being like, who are you to fucking like sell these products? I just want to like, I just want to make, I don't want to have this conversation and pretend that I'm above criticism. Okay, but let me just understand though. What were you criticizing? Why were you criticizing people who wore extensions? What was the perceived? Well, I don't know. Probably I was conceited and, and being like, well, no, but you I can't think, grow it, then okay, whatever. But let's go a little deeper there because that I think is approaching something political and interesting. If you can't grow it, don't do it. Should you only rep what you can rep naturally? Uh, and I'm, I'm asking earnestly, I'm asking if this is what we think maybe is part of the root of this argument. Well, 
former me and like less woke, for lack of a better word, me would say, yeah, you should just rep what you are. And I have since actually uh, changed my perspective on that. But why is it different for hair than for, like, as I say, I have no time for Jennifer Aniston at the best of times, but she's not using a vino lotion. Like, you know La Mer and it costs like a thousand dollars an ounce or whatever? Yes. She can slather that on her heels if she so desires. That's the level of wealth that she enjoys. Uh, everybody enjoys some drugstore products time and again, but I don't buy it. And I don't need to buy it. The point is not, I understand, and I feel like this is not exclusive to you and I, I understand that when she endorses something, what they're paying for is the fact that I might like her, though I don't. Uh, That's what is sort of there. I have no reasonable expectation that Jennifer Aniston uses the product. Similarly, like, you know, when, when Beyonce or somebody uses like a Maybelline mascara, I, I recognize that the Maybelline mascara is only going to get me so far to looking like Beyonce. So do we think hair is different? Is there something different required in our spokesmodels? No, I think that black hair is loaded. I think that's what it is here. I agree with that, but I think that there's two different things. There's the politics around natural versus uh, treated versus uh, relaxed versus wigs and extensions and whatever. And then there's a consumer assumption about any product. Like this is where the breakdown is confusing me. I'm not sure why for this product there's meant to be more of a, of a personal use. And I fully admit that I am I'm not a black woman. I'm not relaxing my hair and making a choice that is not only personal and aesthetic, but political. Well, you brought up Jennifer Aniston and Aveeno. So you don't buy that Jennifer Aniston uses Aveeno. For a minute. Does it bother you? No, it doesn't bother me at all. So I think that's the difference, is that you might not buy it, but it doesn't offend you. And for some reason, some of these comments that ended up on Gabrielle Union's um, Instagram were from people who not only just didn't buy it, but that it offended them. They felt insulted. Is that, are we getting closer here? Yeah, I buy that. You know, if you look on the Flawless page, and the official name of the product is Flawless by Gabrielle Union, the quote that's right on the landing page is, as a woman with textured hair, The search to find a brand that meets all of my needs has been impossible. That's why I created Flawless. So that, to me, explains a little bit more, too. She was filling a void in the market. Filling a void in the market and actively actively saying this is the product that fills that need. There's more of an endorsement there than somebody saying, I see myself in Feria. Uh, <laughs> right. Feria was not uh, a paid sponsor of this podcast. Uh, you know, it's it's clearly more than a line in a commercial. So I appreciate that there's a greater expectation there. Uh, but I find it very interesting that then if you if if that's the way that you sort of frame the product, uh, then I find it interesting that, you know, and there are pictures here of her in various styles. Uh do we, you know, do we like her more for responding in this way, for responding to the trolls and the criticism with, hey, look at all these pictures of how awesome my hair looks in all these different ways? Is that 
you know, we used to say a million years ago, don't feed the trolls, don't respond to the comments. Uh, are we past that? Is this an appropriate call out and an appropriate response? Or should she have stood, stood her ground? Well, I'm one of those, I think, old school holdouts about do not engage, don't respond to trolls and all of that. But in this case, I don't see that it's the same because this is actually her enterprise, her business. Yeah, it's her name. Yes. That's right. So she's, she's not, it's just not some troll saying like, I hate you, fuck off, or you're such a whore or whatever. It's, I'm not going to buy your product because I don't believe in its integrity. Yeah. And this is her responding saying, this is why I use this product, or sorry, first, this is why I created this product. This is how I use my product. Um, this is what I do when, uh, I, and this is, you know, what I use my product on, my hair. So it, it's an extension of the sales pitch and not necessarily a response to trolls. But at the same time, you know, we talked last week about people who will not be criticized. Uh, we talked about Tina Fey and how any criticism is met with whatever. It's art. Go away. I opt out. Yes. Yes. That's what she says. And this to me seems like a really, as you say, a managed, a, a well-spoken, a well-curated, but nonetheless a response to mm -hmm. somebody saying, there is not enough here. I challenge you to provide me yeah. with some more authenticity with some more. And while she didn't say, I'm sorry, or yeah. I should have, she heard that and responded to it. Strategically. Yes. And on brand. And on brand, but you know, in a way that is also, this, this website is covered in very obviously high-end, high-processed photos of Gabrielle Union in many, many different looks, uh, ostensibly achieved with the flawless uh, products. And then the Instagram photos are, are what Instagram is, right? They look like she took them in her bathroom. They look yeah. homey. They look warm. She's they not look, wearing a lot of makeup. No, they, they, she looks like a teenager. Again, they make her look like she is just a girl. And that goes a long way for product as well. So incredibly savvy, perhaps. Showing her work. This is the kind of work that is fascinating. Where you say, oh, you are maybe a snob about or have been a snob about, uh, uh, you know, hair inserts or this or that or whatever. I have always kind of looked askance at endorsements. But when there's something like this that is an absolute fit that clearly you can get behind that you believe in and, you know, there's a GU on every product. Clearly it is part of her of her brand that she intends for long term. Um, I, I enjoy being schooled in this way. I enjoy going, okay, I see how this works. Okay. Next. Comic books. Batgirl. Isn't Batgirl a comic book? I mean, is it? Sure. Comic book character? Yes, absolutely. Yes, a comic book character. So Sarah wrote about this um, a few days ago. Joss Whedon is in negotiations to write and direct the Batgirl project. And subsequently, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you know, Batgirl is DC. Joss worked with Avengers, which is Marvel. He's switching ship, uh, blah, blah, blah. But what Sarah also addressed very briefly, but she did address it in her post was, 
okay, but beyond that discussion, can we talk about hmm, why isn't that girl being uh, fronted or written or uh, created by a woman? And then there was a follow-up in Forbes written by Scott Mendelson, and the title of the article is, If a Woman Can't Direct Batgirl, What the Heck Can She Direct? Right. And so I think it's really important to uh, discuss those two things. I thought that was a well-phrased headline. Uh, Obviously, Sarah's point was well taken. Also, if Sarah were here, she would want me to tell you that she (laughs) always knew that Joss Whedon would be able to direct any fucking thing he set his mind to, not like some of you who were skeptical. Uh, Ha, at the end of that. Yes. However... It's interesting, right? Because uh, obviously these comic book properties are enormously, enormously profitable films. We know that Hollywood studios only want to take risks on things that are not a risk. Yes, I know about said oxymoron. Uh, They want everything to be a rousing success. They want all the things to do well. And so, sure, you go, well, we should go back to somebody who has been successful in this kind of world and this kind of genre. Uh, Yeah, let's call Joss Whedon. The problem, of course, is, first of all, yeah, there's there's no woman telling Batgirl's story. There's no woman writing her story. There's no woman directing her story. And then the argument is always the same. Well, what, you're saying a man can't direct or write a woman? Of course he can. You're saying Joss Whedon can't? Of course he can. If anybody can, Joss Whedon has been proven to be sensitive to women, to write women with nuance and, you know, dimension. And of course he originated, sorry Justin Trudeau, but he originated the, because you're asking me, response to a question. When somebody asked him, why do you write complex female characters? He said, because you're asking me that question. Because people still feel, mm-hmm. you just gave a sigh of something like ecstasy over there. If it's a question, then it's a, obviously an issue. Exactly. I write characters like this because why shouldn't I? Because I write people. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that Joss Whedon can and should write an amazing Batgirl movie, blah, blah, blah. But the article in Forbes is well phrased. If a woman can't direct Batgirl, what the heck can she direct? Uh-huh. My, uh, I have been ranting about this issue, obviously, uh, certainly with regard to writing, with regard to directing for some months now. My real bugaboo about this came last summer with the advent of the movie Bad Moms. Bad Moms, of course, was both written and directed by men. It was... Two think, men. Two men. Yeah. Uh, I think by all accounts, it was a box office success. Uh, you know, it had some some nice stars in it. Look, I'm sure it was a good movie. It was not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure that they did a great job. But the point is, if we have two men write and direct a movie called Bad Moms, something that is absolutely, overtly, intentionally about an experience that they have never had, then what can't they direct? What is the picture, the project, the something where we go, I don't know, I think it would be great to have a woman's sensibility here. And I think that it, obviously we're talking about this because 
and you correct me if you think this is too simplistic of an observation, but the reverse isn't true, right? Is that women aren't the first choice for the male stories. No. So, you know, we can live in a world where this is okay. Of course it's okay, Joss Whedon. You've already made a case for him. But the problem is that they don't flip it in the opposite direction. Ever, ever, ever. No. Um, you know, there was, a, there's been kind of over the last year or so, a conversation about how the lament over the death of the rom-com has not only sort of eliminated a mid-budget movie, but it has eliminated a, a type of movie that was traditionally given to women to direct. It was a training ground for women, those ones that were, you know, fourth tier that you're like, I didn't know Lacey Chabert made a movie called Christian Mingle. Only you fucking, like only you would bring up a Lacey Chabert and a Christian Mingle in this, anyway. But it's a low risk proposition. That's what I'm getting at. Right. That those were the films where often women cut their directing teeth. Not exclusively, but often. And sort of the the mid-budget indie movie that has all but disappeared, right? Uh, you know, The Kids Are All Right is a, is a real example of that. Uh, it, lots of stars, uh, fairly low-concept storytelling, uh, and that was, of course, Lisa Chodolenko, and it was fantastic, and there aren't movies like that. So that's one of the places where this isn't going. The, the movie industry has been squeezed at, out the top and the bottom. So there are kind of micro-budget movies and there are these big, giant, suicide squad whatevers. And they're never handing them to a woman, let alone an untried woman. This Forbes article goes on to say, oh, but, you know, Stella Meggie and Everything Everything and Ava DuVernay will do A Wrinkle in Time and uh, Rough Night, which we were talking about with regard to Scarlett Johansson last week, uh, is from writer-director uh, Lucia Aniello. But we shouldn't be listing the three names that we know, and I bet you will remembering them. You only know them and you can list them and you can go to them because they're exceptional. Uh, there's a great paragraph here in, in this article that really sums up uh, what we're talking about. And for what it's worth, uh, the article is written uh, by Scott Mendelson, by a man, and he writes, if we lived in a world where Catherine Hardwick had a shot at directing The Fighter, or where it wouldn't be considered noteworthy that Elizabeth Banks directed Pitch Perfect 2 and then was replaced for Pitch Perfect 3 by Step Up All In director Trish Sai, we wouldn't necessarily care. If it were more common for the likes of Lexi Alexander to helm Punisher Warzone, then I wouldn't care about Joss Whedon directing Batgirl. But if you're going to presume that a female director can't make Batman and can't direct Batgirl, then where does that leave us? And a word about Lexi Alexander, who is a director that I love and a real Twitter force if you are a Twitter user. She has spoken uh, quite openly about the fact that she directed Punisher Warzone uh, and she uh, was kind of an up-and-coming director, had a movie that did not do so well. And basically never got another chance, never got another movie. Uh, Lexi directs TV and is doing phenomenally well. She's on Arrow and did Supergirl and all kinds of things. Uh, I'm not her agent. Call me Lexi. Uh, but 
this is sort of the world that we live in where people who are women who are incredibly experienced, who are busting their asses to get into this position, don't have it to get to. They don't have a place to go. And if you're going to give even the things that might be of a woman's perspective to men because, well, they've been here before, then what's left? How are we ever going to break that, break that system? That's why we keep hammering this point. We're doing it constantly on Lady Gossip. We're doing it on this podcast. But like to me, I mean, that was the point where it doesn't go the other direction. And it's not just in this regard, but it's in cultural appropriation. It's in the casting of diverse actors where, you know, we were talking about Ghosts in the Shell last week. We were talking about um, how the argument always is, oh, but like the movie stars are all white and those are the only movies that are going to make money. And besides, you know what? Like the Japanese people don't care that they cast Scarlett Johansson in this role. And it's, okay, but aren't you curious? Because why don't we get to reverse that? I mean, the day that like, I don't know, you, um, whatever, color cast or color wash um, like a historical character like Snow White is the day we don't have to have this conversation. And every time it happens, it is a conversation. People lost their mind about the whiz. uh, And we do have this conversation. I was looking just today at uh, the outcry when Hamilton had their casting call and was like, oh, by the way, uh, the casting call is for non-Caucasian actors. Great. As if 98% of all casting calls aren't for Caucasian actors. Right. Uh, You know, when you see a casting breakdown, if there's no ethnicity listed, they are indicating that that person is supposed to be Caucasian. It's only listed when... They're supposed to be, uh, yeah, a, a person of color. Uh, or sometimes they will, sometimes you'll see one that says all ethnicities, meaning uh, we've acknowledged that this is a character that we should probably try to make diverse in order to balance things out. Yeah, people lose their shit and accused Hamilton of being, you know, reverse racism, which let's just say it in case somebody hasn't said it this week is not a thing. No such thing. You cannot have or be reverse racist. Oh. Good. We said that. We did our (laughs) duty. Um, But yes, there is no, there is no reverse. You're absolutely right. And so, you know, yeah, it doesn't go the other way. There are no women telling the, the gritty stories of the WWF. There are, you know, <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, it is the WWE now, Joanna. Excuse me. I could write a period picture just like anybody else. When I write it, it's going to be about Hulk Hogan and uh, uh, the Undertaker and whoever else the boys talked about on the school Bravo. bus. And it's going to be about the WWF. Actually, I would write the American Gladiators movie tomorrow. I love that show. Why has nobody written that movie? I love that show. Shows we used to watch that, I mean, I think that, didn't they try and bring it back? Yeah, Or they a did. version of it that is like way harder and nobody passes? I think it's around, but I'm, I'm just like, I want to know like what kind of Crisco they were spraying on their butts to have those suits slide up in there, you know, when they came up and were like, and Stormy. <laughs> I love that show. Remember the wall? Oh my God, the wall was like 
That was like the what, like what we know now is rock climbing, no? Or like the right, but it yeah. was unheard of at yeah. the time. Um. Anyway, here's, here's though what I want to ask about before we leave this topic. You know, I, I, you said earlier we're in a cantankerous mood, and uh, I, I'm spoiling for a fight a little bit. It's true, but is there a perspective I'm not seeing? Is there something we're missing here? Is there a way that this could be spun to be anything other than egregious? No. I mean, am I your choir, though? Well, yeah, and that's why I'm asking with a live microphone in front of me. If you are, if I'm missing something, if if there's a world in which you have proof that people won't go to see a movie unless it's helmed by Joss Whedon, if it's going to hurt the box office if there's any indication that this could be a more nuanced issue, I would love to know because, you know, it's one thing to fight a fight, but when you feel like it's a fight that you should have learned not to fight in kindergarten, it's really, it's it's embarrassing. I want to believe there's something else to this. I know there's nothing else to this, but email me, yell at me. Let's start a fight. And finally, the... Um the feature of do we need to care about this week is a kind of like a doll. Do we need to care about sexual harassment? Oh, wow. <laughs> Duh. Wow, everybody. We're ending this on a fun note. <laughs> well, we should say, you know, we were going to have do we need to care about Harry Styles land at the number two <laughs> position this week. Um, um we were gonna we were gonna put Harry Styles at the end and do we need to care about, but we out of respect for you directioners out there, we moved him up in the schedule. But we have landed on, yeah, a bit of a duh, but do we need to hear specifically though, do we need to care about hashtag that's harassment? So the story here is uh a bit twisty and windy, but stay with me. So That's Harassment is a project that was sort of uh, semi-falsely attributed to David Schwimmer. Uh, Basically, uh, an Israeli-American director, Sigal Avin, uh, wrote uh, short films about sexual harassment uh, that were released in Israel, and they were all based on real-life stories. And then Sigal uh, met up with David Schwimmer uh, and discussed adapting them for uh, the U.S. And so what has resulted is... Six films, uh, they have names like the co-worker, the actor, the doctor, the photographer, uh, and they star, you know, people that you love. And they're these uncomfortable, uh, what's the word, voyeuristic Mm -hmm. uh, point of view films about sexual harassment. Uh, So, you know, we watched one uh, in full, I believe, you and I, with Cristela Alonso and Noah Emmerich. Yeah. uh, who plays Stan on The Americans, watch The Americans. I wasn't expecting it to be that affecting. Uh, you know, it, it you start off watching something like this thinking, oh, it's going to be like a PSA. Uh, but it was deeper than that. It was deeper than that. And, like, I want to make it clear, too, that these are short, short little vignettes, right? They're all of, what, three minutes? So we're going to link to them um, on the site. And it, it, because also the way it's shot, it's really, it's done well in the way it's shot, as you said, voyeuristic. So it's almost like you're spying, like you 
are kind of around a corner watching a situation go down. They tell you that it's based on a true story. And like, I don't know, I, I don't have any space anymore to be articulate, but it's fucking gross. Oh, it's absolutely, it's absolutely. Unsettling, gross, offensive. Um, and the reason why it's gross and unsettling is because it's familiar. Well, here's what's interesting is, uh, you know, there were, apparently there were people saying, this is a good project, this is a great idea, but these go too far. Nobody would ever do that. And of course, at the beginning of every episode, uh, it, every short film, it says, based on a true story. Uh, so I think they are absolutely happening. As I was watching, I was thinking about uh, little moments, you know, nothing that I, 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 every woman runs into situations where in retrospect, you're like, well, that was weird. Uh, but I was thinking about things that I am less willing to give a pass now than I would have been 10 years ago or when they happened, that the further away you get from these kinds of things, uh, the more you realize, oh, that's not okay at all. Uh, and I feel like that's interesting because of the performers who are participating. I think that sort of bubbling right at the surface in this whole conversation is not all of these are showbiz based. Uh, there's the photographer and the actor, but some are the boss or the coworker. And I think the understanding is we've all seen this stuff go down. We've all been there, right? And yeah, it is familiar. I mean, to the person who would say, oh, that would never happen. I mean, I'm almost jealous. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm almost jealous because if it's so far removed for you that you have never been in that position or have never known anyone in that position, you have been lucky and you have, you know, un, untainted. And that's why I mean I'm almost jealous of that person. I'm jealous of the person who does have, hasn't had to see it. Well, or male. Or that person is, you know, and I, I hate to, I don't mean okay. to imply that True. men are not sexually harassed uh, at all. In fact, uh, men are often scandalized and horrified when they find out about the things that happen. But key words, when they find out, right? True. When they discover the things that have been happening under their nose. Great point. Here's the part that bothered me a little bit. Um, these films are, as I said, they're short films. They're nicely shot, but they're not high budget or anything like that. Uh, they are well done. They feature really well-known people. Uh, David Schwimmer, uh, Cynthia Nixon, Noah Emmerich, as I said, Emmy Rossum, looking uh, unrecognizable. Grace Gummer is in one of them. Zazie Beetz? Yep. Um, and I don't understand why we're not, why there wasn't more news about this. When we were discussing whether or not to put this on the show, I said, is it old? Have we talked about it all week? And I was underground with the deadline and didn't know. Um, I don't know why they're not making a bit of a bigger moment. And maybe even a bit of a bigger moment this week in particular or recently in particular because... If we want to talk about harassment in the workplace, which is what all these vignettes are about, 
we have a Bill O'Reilly story that dominated headlines um, definitely in the early part of last week uh, because of the New York Times' report that five women were paid a total of $13 million by either O'Reilly or Fox News for behavior that was observed to be, well, not observed, but offensive behavior on behalf of Bill O'Reilly towards all these women. $13 million, not a small sum of money, but for Fox is kind of a small sum of money. Like this was like, this was their write-off considering, considering how much money he makes for the network. Um, oh, yeah. That, no, that's change. It's that's chump change. change. I mean, you know, I don't know the stats. Uh, we should ask our friend Lorella, the lawyer. But if you run a, a network of that size where you work in news and et cetera, I wonder how many lawsuits you expect to have of all different types, uh, you know, harassment suits and copyright infringement and all the rest of it. I wonder what your settlement budget is for a given year. Uh, $13 million is nothing. $13 million is nothing. And if you read the New York Times report, which I definitely encourage you to do, the details that were coming out of this to those people who are like, I've never heard of this happening, I can't believe this happened, were, you know, ranging from your classic outbursts, yelling at people, telling them that they're stupid, to like masturbatory details. And that is not a euphemism for anything else. It was literally him talking about masturbation and showing masturbation or asking questions about masturbation in the workplace. Um, So, and this is Bill O'Reilly, the crown jewel of Fox News. But, you know, there's there's sort of, uh, there's an... Allegedly, is what I'm supposed to say here. Whatever. Well, there's an argument to be made in two... I have sort of the same argument to be made in two directions, and that is that one of the reasons why these stories tend to come up in almost in groups like this is not just because we are so inclined as a society, not personally, not here at Laney Gossip, to uh, look askance at accusations like this, but because there is an unwritten sort of rule that if you are in the media, in fashion, in photography, in the arts, in God dance, in anywhere that maybe lots of people would like to be or that it is meant to be glamorous, that you're lucky to be there and so you should shut up and deal, basically, is the idea, right? Yep. And that, and by the same token, that same argument applies to as much as I believe every word of every accusation leveled at Bill O'Reilly, I think there are many, many, many instances of sexual harassment by men and maybe women who would say, oh, Bill O'Reilly is repugnant, but they think that they're not that. They think that they are being friendly, being warm, being making a connection, whatever, Again, because there are supposed to be fewer rules around TV, media, modeling, photography, etc. So I think this is one of the reasons why these stories are so so forthcoming and so upsetting and also just not surprising to anybody. So the answer obviously is yes. 
do we need to care about hashtag that's harassment? So as you mentioned, Duanna, it wasn't getting a lot of play. So we're hoping it's going to get more play. We will link to it. And the hashtag is that's harassment. So look it up on your social media networks and comment. And the idea here about the project is obviously to create awareness, but also to get those conversations going. Yeah. And to talk about things, you know, not to be too literal, but to go, yeah, even the ones that seem awkward and are not so clear cut, those are harassment. If somebody masturbates on or near you without your consent, uh, that's a very clear cut piece of harassment, but it can also be the things that feel more subtle, the things that feel less uh, defined are also, that's harassment. And so that's kind of the goal there. I also want to say on a lighter note, uh, this continues a trend of amazing television and ideas coming out of Israel. Uh, There are any number of shows that you enjoy on television today, The Affair and Homeland and uh, In Treatment before that, and gosh, so many others that I am forgetting, that are actually uh, adapted Israeli formats. It's kind of amazing that we're even adapting PSA formats. I don't know what's in the storytelling water, but I'm into it. Yay, the Israeli creative class. There you go. And uh, thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode of Show Your Work. We love work and we hope that you love work with us. And we're so grateful that you are listening and more and more of you are listening. Um, Can't tell you how exciting that is to us. Your emails are amazing. We love the, uh, somebody sent a hand wave uh, (laughs) gift today because they were ready to volunteer to talk about Harry Styles. Um, Really, really love it. Oh, homework. Yes. When we come back, because we are, are off for Easter, when we come back, we will be just one week away from Laney Gossip at Hamilton. Uh, so your homework <laughs> is to send the songs you think Laney should study, the lyrics you most want her to read on Genius or the <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda gifts, whatever it is, your call. That's your homework. And I want you to uh, feel for me because Duanna has seen it already. We've talked about why I didn't see it with her in December. So... I'm actually going to be sitting next to her and I feel like you're going to be monitoring me and expecting me to react at certain points where you want me to react. And I'm now scared. Look, I, look, I can't hold your hand. Either you're going to be ready or you're not. That's on you. Uh, that's oh, on you thanks, to do mom. Yep. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing Show Your Work with your friends and recommending it. Please continue to check us out on iTunes and Google Play. Work hard. See you next time. See you then. See you then.